Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Cannabis is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. But it's been a rough couple of years for weed stocks due to a lack of movement on legalization at the federal level. But things are starting to perk up again for the industry, and this may pose a great opportunity for investors. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. We're talking cannabis, and that means we're bringing on Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk here in Chicago. Mike, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. Good afternoon, Andy, and thanks for having me on. So, Mike, as mentioned in the lead, it's been a rough couple of years for weed stocks, but they've perked up a little bit as of late. Explain what's behind the recent shift. So what started the jump was the Department of Health and Human Services coming out with a recommendation that they reschedule uh, cannabis from Schedule 1 to preferably Schedule 3. And uh, it, it doesn't become official because they, they can only recommend, and, and the uh, DEA actually has to do the rescheduling if they're going to do it. Uh, but once that came out, um, cannabis, the MSOS, which is one of the main gauges I look at for the industry as a whole, at least in the United States, popped almost 100% in, in, a, in a, a few weeks and was trading nine, $9 uh, from a lows in the fours. So that got it going, and then, you know, it pulled back a little bit, and now we're, we're starting the year uh, up again, and it has been one of our uh, picks to click for the year, and so far it's, it's been doing well, and it's back to eight and a half. Uh, And just real quick, Mike, uh, just for the Gaines listeners, what what Mike's talking about is MSOS is the ticker. That's the Advisor Share Pure U.S. Cannabis ETF. So that's what he's talking about. That's the basket of domestic cannabis stocks, and that's the vehicle that Mike's talking about, and he's talking about these gains here. Go ahead. Yeah, so that I just use that because that is a good, uh, they own basically all the big multi-state operators. That's why the, the symbol's M-S-O-S, it's for multi-state operators uh, in the United States. So if, if, if that is, is, wherever it's going is kind of telling you where the industry is going. And, and you're talking, these are domestic Companies and, and that's important because the cannabis companies and you talk about these multi-state operators looking to do really well. What comes to mind is companies like Green Thumb, uh, Cureleaf Holdings, 
Uh, Verano, I believe, is a multi Those are some of the big ones, yeah. right. Uh, those are, are kind of found in that cannabis ETF he was talking about. But you believe the U.S. cannabis multi-state operators really poised here, unlike, and some of the darlings from weed stocks before were some of the Canadian players that have totally gotten decimated, Aurora Cannabis, Sundial Growers, I think Canopy Growth was another darling. So, um, yeah, just wanted to talk about domestic and Canada and, and you know, how that squares out. And really, the uh, U.S. cannabis companies are where you need to be. Yeah, well, the, the Canadian companies started off uh, like a rocket ship, as you said, because it's legal up there in Canada uh, on a national level, so so these these companies had a, a a leg up on the U.S. operators, which are are basically just it's just legal in certain states. So the Canadian companies did get bought quicker and 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 had a a much stronger start. Uh, this is five years ago. But what's happened in Canada is first of all they were priced for perfection, and there you know really it w- it was the fact that investors couldn't really get into the United States companies or the ones that were public. There wasn't a lot of liquidity and it wasn't as, uh, it was a bigger gamble at least seen by investors because it was still illegal at, at the federal level here in the United States. So uh, the Canadian companies did well at the beginning and now they're coming back down because they were priced so high versus their sales versus any, any metric you would, you would look at. And so now, you know, and, and I've said this for a while, that, that the U.S. companies are, are our better bet based on valuations because if, if, if the DEA does reschedule things as, as it, it is expected to do, you know, these companies are going to be able to start making some serious money. And, and we can go into why they, they can't right now. Uh, and it's really just a tax problem. Uh, because the, the the feds don't allow them to deduct normal operating expenses, so it's really hard to make a bottom line profit as a U.S. company right now. But if it gets rescheduled to Schedule Three, that um, that uh, tax code changes to normal tax code where they can deduct their operating expenses, and, and it makes them actually make some some real money. And 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 that's why when the, the Department of Health and Human Services made their suggestion, uh, recommendation, that these companies doubled quickly. And, but that's just still, there's still a lot of uncertainty. So until the DEA acts, you're going to have a little bit of volatility and, and people betting on what they're going to do either way. And when they do act, um, then you're going to see a big move one way or the other. This is a bipartisan issue for the most part, and uh, we've, we've seen a lot of places that would totally repel something like this start to come around to this. And you had mentioned, uh, I mean, you have a ton of states, Washington, D.C., all legalize weed for recreational use. And, you know, you, you kind of spoke to it. Um, bipartisan issue, but these U.S. companies don't really make any money until they address it. Um, we got elections coming up. As I mentioned, it is a bipartisan issue. When do we see movement? What What are you looking for to indicate that we're going to eventually see movement on the issue? Yeah, well, the thing is, is, is the DEA, and supposedly an apolitical, you know, um, 
entity. Uh, so they're not beholden to the voters, but they certainly are beholden to suggestions or recommendations from the Department of Health and Human Services. So they are going to, at some point very soon, it could be tomorrow, literally, um, but it should be in the next month or, or two at, at latest, are going to, to do something. And they're either going to reschedule it or not. But it, So when that happens, there's going to be a big move in this in this uh, in the ETFs and in these stocks. I mean, they're going to double again, uh, or they're going to get cut back in half, uh, or maybe even worse. Because if if the DEA doesn't do the, what is basically told to them by a study uh, by by the Department of Health and Human Services, then it isn't going to get rescheduled, uh, maybe ever, but but certainly in the in in the foreseeable future, and that will make profitability industry almost impossible so that this is a huge thing and that we're waiting on and uh you know we'll have to see what the dea does but it, it usually takes the suggestion uh, or the the recommendation so that's what's expected so you could say that maybe there's a little bit of expectations built into where these stocks are trading but they're still at historically such low levels that if they do get the, the rescheduling, you got to believe they pop at least 50%. I think it could be almost 100% again into the middle to upper teens uh, from about eight and a half where it is right now. So, but we're waiting on DEA. And then there, as far as politically, as you say, it's, it's a bipartisan issue. 70% of voters want cannabis reform. doesn't matter Republican, Democrat, independent. That's across the board. So going into election year, will we get movement in Congress for safe banking, for just things that make it easier to do business? I mean, there's basically every possible headwind right now in this industry, uh, both in the taxation front on, on ability to use credit cards for the customers, to bank uh, uh, with large banks. There's just so much that could be taken away uh, as far as headwinds that who knows how high this goes. But again, if nothing happens, this thing is going to start ticking back down to new lows. And the question then is, is this is a bet of the DEA, what they're going to do, and then Congress, if, if in an election year, they will actually finally pass something of a Cannabis Reform Act that, that has something to do with safe banking that allows these companies to, to, be, to go cashless, or not cashless, at least not, not depend fully on cash. You imagine running a company where all your transactions are in cash and you literally have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in your, in your stores waiting for somebody to come in and try to steal it. I mean, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, these companies, uh, the big multi-state operators, they, they, they run a tight ship. But there's nothing they can do about that. I mean, it's, it's a problem. Security is an issue. I mean, some of these uh, stores with the amount of cash that comes in there, you almost need Brinks trucks to pull they it do. out. They do. They use Brinks trucks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, a lot of times now, I, they've shifted a little bit in Illinois. I believe that there is some use of ATM cards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they are making some some changes to make it a little bit easier. And that's where I want to shift to Illinois. You know about the Illinois cannabis industry really well, Mike, having connections in it. Uh, how is things shaping up locally? Well, full disclosure, I'm a, a early investor in Pharmacan, which is one of the largest MS, MSOs in the country. And 
basically the only large MSO that is not public. So we're still private, uh, along with, I mean, Illinois is, is, is literally a, a hotbed of, of, of cannabis companies where you've got, um, besides us, Cresco, um, you've got, you've already mentioned Green Thumb and Verano, and these are huge companies that, that do, you know, billion-dollar sales-type companies uh, a year. And um, so, yeah, we have a lot of experience in Illinois because the licenses, the first licenses a lot of these companies got were here in the state of Illinois. And I got to say that uh, uh, Governor Pritzker has been fantastic uh, in, um, you know, in, in rolling out the, the uh the cannabis uh, um, uh, in, in the state of Illinois. So, so we, we started out with, with medical and then we went, when well, we went to um, uh, where, where it was, it was legal recreationally. He, he was, he, he allowed it to be very seamless. He, he, def, he, he uh, realized that the original license holders, these, these large MSOs that sunk a ton of money into building out, the cannabis industry in, in Illinois and pay a lot of tax dollars to the state. He realized that the, they should get the, some some licenses uh, and be protected at the beginning because they they basically spent all the money um, to to build out the industry. So so and the role and and also they have all the experience in operating. You know so. That's how it was rolled out in Illinois, and that's not the way it is necessarily being done in other states, and one in particular is New York. So New York is still not, I mean, it's been legal recreationally there for a few years, and they still haven't really rolled it out. Like, comparing to Illinois, where once it went legal, the next January, they were, the stores were opening. You know, um, New York, we're two years in, I think it's almost three years, and they're, you know, they're, they're struggling to get, um, but they have, a, there's a lot of uh, stores that are up in, in New York that are, that are illegal. They don't have licenses. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's a few in Illinois, but nothing compared to New York. So every state is different, as you said, uh, but Illinois is like the poster child for the proper way to roll this out and, and to make sure that the customers get the best product, the customers get the best operators, the pricing is as low as possible because you're going with the best operators. So they're, they have the lowest expenses. They can bring the product to, to consumers at the lowest prices. And, you know, they're doing the, Illinois is doing a fantastic job. So, I mean, there's really nothing I could say negative about how things are, are, are happening in Illinois. Um, it's going to get more competitive here as more licenses are are off, you know, are given out. But you know, it, this is about as good as you can get. Um, and really, it's it's a very mature industry here in Illinois because it was rolled out so well. Uh, but yeah, like I said, in other states, it, it really varies. All right, we got to cut away real quick. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes 
on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back with Mike after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back with Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk Here in Chicago. Mike, the one thing that has really struck me about all of this is the demand is there. When you go into dispensaries, I think the thing that's interesting is you have that 75-year-old grandmother. Uh, You have... uh, you know, uh, a young couple in there as well. So it, it's it's interesting how uh, you can openly talk about it without it being. It's just it it has changed fast, and you see, uh, you know how Illinois has rolled it out. There's dispensaries everywhere. They've done a ton of business, and just looking at this nationwide, even places like Florida, you can just tell the way. I mean, I believe Florida's medical. But they've opened dispensaries all over, and you can see that these companies that are down in Florida are positioned to when that goes recreational there. I mean, there's a ton of money to be made. It's just getting the legality and— Yeah, it's a 280 tax code. I mean, can you imagine running a business where you can't deduct your operating expenses? I mean, it's it's impossible to make money. And it's not like the government doesn't know that. It's not like— you know, are they going to kill a, an industry long term? I mean, you yeah. you have substantial money uh, also going into the states as well. So, um, you know, with these kind of roadblocks, I just long term, I just can't see them holding up such a profitable industry that a lot of people, you know, most people don't even have a problem with anymore. It just seems like when they get this right. Uh, we're we're looking off to the races, and when it expands, it's big time. And like we talked about it earlier, I don't think these Canada players are all are going to be that much involved. Yeah, they've kind of a lot of them are in very poor financial shape now because they they went so aggressive, and they all they just made a lot of of poor business decisions. So a lot of their balance sheets are really upside down. So you know. It's it's ironic they had the head start, but they they made a lot of lot of uh, 
a lot of fumbles along the way, and really the MSOs are the ones that are in better shape financially, but they can't they can't get cash flow positive. If they are, they're barely because of the tax code. But if that gets changed, which it should, and again, you bring up a great point. I mean, are are they going to strangle these companies? And 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 I mean, the amount of taxes that the states are going to lose because of that. I just I find it hard to believe when you, when seventy percent of consumers want cannabis reform. It's totally mainstream now. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what the DEA says. That's the big one, and that's also the one that's most likely to happen soon. So we're, that'll be the, that'll set the tone for the rest of the year. What happens? I expect it to happen in the first quarter sometime, um, and we'll see. But um, yeah, it, it'd be hard to believe that that with so many people not only um, accept the, you know accepting cannabis as a mainstream product. But also using it. I mean, so many, so many consumers now use it that that didn't before. Um, that it, it would be hard to believe that they would strangle this industry. But that has been happening for years now, and so well, I think we're finally at a point where it's it's gonna it's it's gonna happen in the next in this next quarter. Uh, whether the DEA and it's in, it's in their hands. Whether whether they reschedule to a point where the companies can actually start deducting their normal expenses that any other company is able to do. And cannabis certainly has lost uh, the stigma I carried for a long time. Um, I guess then, how does the investor position themselves to cash in on all of this, knowing that it might not be right away, there are roadblocks, but I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, and we've talked about this before, my play personally, and I've got this from you, and this is the way I watch the industry is my pure play is that advisor share pure u.s cannabis etf msos but uh and i keep an eye on some of the the players i talked about before how do you play all of this what's your advice for investors well now me uh, me personally and mjp capital we like, like i said we're, we're very very long uh at a private company, Pharmacan. So we we don't have a lot of other interests. We have a few ancillary companies as well, but but we we are not long the MSOS right now. But I'm recommending that as opposed to picking a company. You can't even buy Pharmacan because it's private. But the public ones that are out there, uh, they're great operators. But you know you you take a chance of of individual corporate issues. Uh, we do like of of them for for you know I do want to say we we like Green Thumb the best, uh, but I would rather investors just just buy MSOS because you're able to then you know take advantage of the entire industry and not have to stock pick. Uh, a lot of times I just I, I'd rather see ETFs bought because stock picking becomes a little bit of uh, not a little bit a lot of luck uh you can get some bad luck some good luck but you know what happens if you you own one of these operators and and just something comes out on the individual stock some fraud or something that happens but the industry ends up taking off you you're going to miss that and 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 I'd rather just see investors buy by the entire sector and that's it and MS the other thing is is liquidity MSOS trades a lot more uh, you know, liquid than any of the individual names. So, you know, that again is, is a, is a reason to, to go with that as opposed to an individual name. Yeah. Why not own the entire sector and have a ton of liquidity tied to it? Yeah, it traded 3.1 million shares today. So, 
you know, if if you were really really excited about the industry, you could you could have bought uh, what is that twenty four million dollars worth of, worth of MSOS just today. So that that's uh, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of pot. So you know, you you can get in and out of those those shares very easily. Um, and some of the some of the st- individual stocks because you know there's just a lot of fear out there that the individual stocks aren't trading nearly with that kind of liquidity. I, it's kind of refreshing that the buzz has turned away from the industry because I, I believe that on the investment side, that kind of promote or provides an opportunity. Uh, yeah, yeah was, that's generally when when the opportunity is right. So the opportunity was you know. Uh, middle of last year when it was traded four and a half five, and there was no no interest. Like you, it was tough to even get liquidity in MSOS. I mean, it was still trading decent size, but not like it is now. And but now, you know, it's back in the news, and you know, we have to wait for the DEA. But it's hard to believe they're not going to reschedule to a point where these companies can finally start making some some money, and and they'll get valued. At, at a multiple of their EBITDA, as opposed to right now, really, it's just can they survive? I mean, a lot of them are being valued at, all right, what's the salvage value of their, you know, assets minus liabilities uh, on their balance sheet? I mean, it's because it's hard to value an EBITDA number when it's not real, uh, because you can't you can't deduct the, the normal expenses, so EBITDA doesn't really matter until you can actually uh, deduct them. So, you know, you'll start seeing these companies being valued as multiples of EBITDA and, and multiples of PE and, and like every other company. And, you know, that should cause these stocks to, to, to skyrocket. I mean, at least, I think it's at least a double. And if, and if the, you know, also get the safe banking going from Congress, it could go even higher than that. I mean, MSOS was trading $50, uh, right after Biden was elected, and and the Dems had promised cannabis, cannabis reform, and you know it went from fifty to four and a half five over the last couple years. As every month or two months, people just started realizing that nothing's going to get done. You know, uh, but now are we at the lows? Have we seen the lows? Uh, and are we finally going to get some reform? And and you know we'll have to see. But I do think this is a Similarly, this is a huge year for for the industry, and I expect it to be a, a huge positive year. Uh, that's why we had recommended it actually on, on WBBM in, in December as one of our two stocks we loved for for uh, 2024. And and so far, it's looking good, but we have to see what you know. There's luck involved. You have to you have to you know you have to wait on what what the DEA decides. Now, we know MSOS, you know, the ETF is the play, but it is the gains podcast. And there's a lot of us that are DGENs looking for the five, the 10, the 20 baggers. Uh, Do you have, and if you don't, I understand, but is there a pick uh, that for us DGENs that one, you know, we'll buy our MSOS and, and that's actually stable. (laughs) You know, that's, that's, that's low volatility. For, for us gains listener DGENs, but you know, knowing that there's a ton of risk, we could totally lose money. Do you have a, a one of the, okay. a, a 10, 20 bagger out there for us, Mike? Okay, so let me just give you three levels. So after MSOS, if you want to go with the best individual stock, which is riskier than MSOS, I would go with Green Thumb. That's G T 
B-I-F, okay? That's, you know, a three- or four-bagger. Then you want to go with something that is riskier than that down up the risk curve. It would be Cresco. That's a five-bagger, maybe even a a ten-bagger, and that symbol is C-R-L-B, as in boy, F, as well. But then, okay, if you want a stock that is – a twenty thirty bagger. My guy, my guy. Okay. That's what we're looking for. SD yeah. Gen. So, so that would down. be a company called Consortium. But let me tell you, with with this company comes bankruptcy risk if if things don't play out in time. So like they're at a point where they're circling the drain, and if something doesn't happen soon, they go to zero. Even if down the road, a year from now, something does happen, it might be too late. So that, that's, that, that company, again, is Consortium, and its symbol is C-N-T-M-F, okay? And that's trading 12, like 13 cents. And this is for the uh, DGENs. We understand yeah, that. You I know. mean, I, I know what you – and I, I, I'm going to just make one, my statement. I always do when I, when I give a name like that out is that I personally would not buy this stock, but – uh, because it, it it's got a its balance sheet is is just upside down. Uh, but if if we can get a ruling quickly from the DEA and things start turning around, this is the exact stock that's going to absolutely skyrocket. It's kind of like when Bitcoin goes up a little bit. You've got these you know third third tier um, uh, points that just absolutely <laughs> fly. Yes. You know that's that's what consortium <laughs> is in the cannabis industry. It was the Shiba so, Inu coin. There you go. <laughs> of the there crypto. Yeah. No, no, I really appreciate that. And 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 again, we, you know, listening to this podcast, the gains listeners, you know, we know that that's super risky. You know, the other stuff, MSOS, obviously, is a legit way to get to the space. But I'm, thanks for breaking that down. Sure. So, uh, final thoughts. We covered a lot of ground on cannabis pot stocks going forward. I'm with you. I think it's a big year. I'm very hopeful. Um, and I've seen the stigma gone. I see the lines outside of these places downtown. Um, you know, it's, and I've, I've seen the expansion in other places as well. So with all that being said, wrap up our, our convo here, Mike. Yeah. First quarter, look for DEA to, to make a decision. We expect it to be positive. So they'll reschedule it to three. That should pop MSOS into the teens from where it is eight and a half right now. Um, and, and then from there, it's going to be dependent on the, the Congress, whether in an election year, they'll be willing to pass something that like safe banking that could further, uh, bolster the, the, the stock prices, uh, at that point. But the DEA is the big one and it, it's, it's coming out in the next few months. Uh, I can't believe they'll wait longer than that. Um, and and that will be a big big thing. But again, keep in mind if they if they don't reschedule it, we're looking at back down to new lows in these in these names. So it's a huge decision. And as a as a shareholder of a private company in the in the industry, I mean it's pretty it, it's it's nerve wracking and, and and to to have to depend on an entity like the DEA to determine your company's fate. And that's it's. It's unfortunate, but that's where, that's where we're at right now. Always appreciate the insight from Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk here in Chicago. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 
that's an option for you. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. And I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.